It might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island redneck Brian Bro, and fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Me and Chet Martin here with you today, and guess what? I'm almost alone. Well, I am alone. Aside from the three guests that will be coming on with me throughout the day today, I'm here on my own. C.V. Burton has bronchitis, and Brian Bro has been summoned two hours away from our location in the bunker in New Hampshire to install a motor for a piece of machinery in the field that he works on. So that's uh, that's what's going on. I am here with you, and we're going to talk about the news of the day, but I do want to get into the three guests first. As most of you know, throughout the day today, after Freedom on Deck, we're going to have several voices that were the finalists for the King of Callers. As as you know, some of these voices have been heard on our show multiple times, including Dan Deleuze out in Long Island. Um, we've also had Jan on the program before. She'll be on as well. And Hayward Gatch, who's been on the show several times. He's actually coming up in the next segment just to talk about the format of what they're going to be doing. His show, which he has announced to me, will be No Man's Land with Hayward Gatch, which I think has a lot to do with his political viewpoints. And that will be towards the middle of all the contestants. Five o'clock is the time that Hayward will be on later today. He'll be up with us next. It's a pre-recorded recording from yesterday because obviously him getting to the studio in New London uh, with his work schedule, I didn't think it was going to be so easy for him to do that today. So um, a pre-recorded segment from yesterday in which he'll describe what you're going to be hearing from all the different King of the Callers finalists. I wanted to get into this one to uh, start the program. This is coming from the Daily Signal. The Biden administration carved out paid administrative leave to encourage federal bureaucrats and other employees seen as loyal Democrat constituency to volunteer as poll workers. The administration also requires federal agencies to grant four hours of leave for voting to employees, according to records obtained through the Freedom of Information Act. The Heritage's, Heritage excuse me, Foundation's Oversight Project obtained these documents. The Daily Signal is a news outlet of the Heritage Foundation. As you know, you hear a great, great contributor to the Heritage Foundation, Steve Bucci, with Lee Elsie every week. He does a great job. So we love them as a uh, contributor to the station and also in general, the Heritage Foundation and the Daily Signal. We take a lot of, of, of our stories from them. In recent years, more and more private sector employees have provided time off to their employees to vote. OPM Director Karan Aruja writes in a memo made public through the FOIA with more than 2.1 million civilian employees. The federal government is the largest employer in the nation. As such, the federal government has the opportunity to serve as a model employer and set an example for other employers to follow. Azure's memo, which was issued on March 24, 2022, ahead of that year's midterm elections, continues. Agencies should allow employees to use up to four hours of administrative leave for voting in connection with each election event, including primaries and caucuses, at the federal, state, local, county, and municipalities, tribal and territorial level that does not concede with a federal general election day. If an election simultaneously involves more than one level, it is considered to be a single election event. This administrative leave may be used for voting on the established election day 
or for early voting, whichever option is used by the employee with respect to an election event. Agencies should also allow employees to use up to four hours of administrative leave per leave year to serve as a nonpartisan poll worker or to participate in nonpartisan observer activities at the federal state. President Joe Biden signed the executive order March 21st of 2021 to push federal agencies to promote voter participation. The initiative includes the Department of Homeland Security's registration of voters during naturalization ceremonies, the Department of Education's promotion of voting in high school and college, and agencies work with private nonprofit organizations to increase voter turnout. Biden's executive order promoted suspicion among Republican lawmakers who said they were concerned that federal agencies' engagement in boosting turnout would violate laws as the Hatch Act, which prohibits uh, partisan political activity using federal resources and time. Now, I can keep going on and on and on with this. We, We actually covered this story when it first broke out in 22, and we said that this was going to be a concern. And, um, Reading from the Heritage Foundation, and this is from Mike Howell, uh, Howell, director of the Heritage Foundation's Oversight Project, it's no accident they are trying to enlist one of the largest voting blocks of government workers in their direction, says Mike Howell, which obtained documentation of President Biden's use of the government to increase voter turnout. Now, the other issue for me, besides just the voter turnout stuff, which is um, certainly a concern uh, could be intimidation. It could be shutting down of polls. It could be misdirection to people that want to vote, or it could be screwing around with ballots. Wow. Why would we think that's going on? Why would the Democrats in the Biden administration do such a thing? We haven't seen that kind of stuff happening in Connecticut. We didn't see that kind of stuff happening in 2020 in the national polls. Did we? Oh, we did? Well, we at least saw enough that even people that don't believe that it affected the election in 2020 enough actually admit that, yes, there was a lot of shenanigans and that there was proof out there that there was such things going on, which is, I'll tell you this too, for all you folks that have that kind of attitude, one is one too many. Okay, there should be no voter fraud. It's very simple to do so. You have nonpartisan middle ground areas where people aren't forced out of buildings because of fake fires or floods. Okay, Democrats. And then you monitor those paper ballots. It's as simple as that. And if anybody gets in from the district, that's where they vote. They give their ID that they can get at any time. And if they need to be provided transportation to vote, we will do that for them. Simple as that. In every state, that's how it works. Now, we have bureaucrats, government workers working in the polls that are going to be relied on not to be partisan. Isn't that dandy? Boy, I mean, this is just great news. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Nothing, right? We've never seen this playbook used before. Only we have. Only they keep doing it. Only we can't do anything about it because nobody has the testicular fortitude. That means cojones or balls. I'll just say it. It is Saturday, midday on 94.9 anyway. So we can kind of get away with that a little bit, I would hope. So nobody has the cojones to stand up and say, no, we're not letting this happen again. This story has been out for over a year, close to two years now. It is two years. Two years now, coming up in March, when we first talked about it. But now we see that they're pushing forward through it and it's going to happen. You are going to be inundated at the polling center's with government employees that have been put in place by the Biden administration. Congratulations. Ah, boy. Another four years of this? You think it's been bad? Man, you get another four years of this. This is going to be a country you can no longer recognize, especially out there in Connecticut, 
eastern Long Island, southern Rhode Island, all the areas we're heard in, they better button up, Buttercup. You better get ready because it's going to be a long, long, miserable trip if you get another four years of this administration. But don't say anything. Go down, go down to your town clerk and ask them if this is happening. And if they don't give you an answer, well, then go down to the Republican committees and ask them if they're doing anything about this. Or talk to us, talk to Rocky, talk to people that can get involved, talk to Lee Elsie, talk to folks, talk to Mike France, who's coming on the show later today, who's running in Connecticut's second congressional district. Talk to those kind of folks. Bob Swick, who's coming on later today, who's got a, uh, an earful of the people in Connecticut politically as an independent journalist. Let's get the word out there what they're trying to do. Hayward Gatch is up next. Don't go anywhere. Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. we got a busy, busy show here today, and we've got three guests, and this first guest, he's going to be on later after the program following Freedom on Deck. We're going to have a ton of voices coming over the airwaves on 94.9 for your listening pleasure, and one of them is on the line with us. He's been on the show many times before. It's been a while, probably more so because we had such a long break without any guests, but he's on the line with us now. The last time I saw him was actually at the King of the Callers birthday party competition. I did meet, miss his speech and everybody else's speeches, but Hayward Gatch is on the line with us. Hayward, how are you, brother? Hey, I'm doing all right. Really happy you uh, were generous enough to make some time on the show. I know you're busy and I appreciate it. No, uh, I'm excited to hear everybody today after the show. Rocky talked about it. Of course, Lee's been promoting it. Uh, we, have, we have touched on it on this show as well. But you guys are all going into the studio. You're going to be sandwiching between a bunch of other great individuals. Now, the format is going to be, I think, about seven individuals. You're coming up towards the latter end I think maybe around the because you were the third place spot so you'll be sandwiched in between I guess not at the latter end but you'll be sandwiched in between and you already have a name for your program which is going to be No Man's Land with Hayward Gatch which I do like the name because I get what it means um how is this going to break down after Freedom on Deck? You guys are all coming in. Are you all going to be in the studio together, Hayward? And tell us what you're going to present with No Man's Land. Yeah, so as far as I know, uh, we're all being brought in for our time. So, for example, um, we have Trevor coming on at 3. He gets the full hour because he got the first place spot. And then the other contenders were allowed to choose their spots. So Walter chose the um, the 4 o'clock to 4.30. Then Mike Costanza chose the uh, 4.30 to 5 o'clock. I chose the 5 o'clock to 5.30 slot. And then in the 5.30 to 6, we're going to have Jan, Dan, and and the other Dan, so our two Dans, Dan from East Hampton and old Dan, um, having sort of a, a group segment there, which is going to be really interesting, I think. You know, this was this competition was so much fun because it was a great way to promote so many local voices and bring a lot of buzz to the station. I mean, think about the potential for a day like tomorrow. We have, you know, Rocky starting off with Dennis O'Brien, then we have you, then we have a bunch of other local voices. That's like a full day of local content. How many radio stations have that kind of thing? This is amazing. Yeah, there are none, none others. I'll miss the plumbing show, though. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you going to be doing on your segment? So let's talk about your segment. You're getting a half hour. Um, maybe we don't know yet, but there's probably going to be call-ins during some of the other segments. You get the half hour. The other two 
um, first and second place winners get an hour. But what do you plan, uh, Hayward, for No Man's Land? What are you going to show the people? Yeah, so, so No Man's Land is, is a reference to the, the space between the trenches of World War One, referred to as No Man's Land. It was this place where no one could go while both sides were convinced that the other was, you know, this, this horrible enemy. And trying to say, what happens if we poke our heads out and actually speak? Because for the moment, Chip, these are metaphorical trenches that we're in. And I would very much like us to not be in actual trenches 10, 10 years from now because that's a bad result for literally everyone it might be a secret that people don't realize world war one was miserable no one was having a good time no but it's it's this opportunity we have to explore shared ground like you know i am my beliefs are considered very extreme and they're unusual to a lot of people but still we find all of these commonalities and we live in an era where media dynamics especially at at the corporate national end peddle division and push each other far farther and farther away for their profit and to our detriment because if we can't humanize people if we can't find this shared common ground we're very likely to be moving more in the direction of a future that's worse for all of us, while the people that own those media agencies are laughing all the way to the bank. Oh, I absolutely agree with you, 110% on that. And me and you are probably from complete other sides politically, and then we find out we have a lot more common ground as we discuss things with one another, and we talk a lot more than people understand than just when you come on Freedom on Deck. Um, but sometimes I, you know, I get the same kind of backlash that you get. I get, you know, he's so far to the right that we're uncomfortable with him. And then you're so far to the left in certain things that people are uncomfortable with you. Making people uncomfortable isn't necessarily a bad thing, is it? Well, right. You know, discomfort is is the result of courage a lot of the times, you know, of, of being out there and fleshing out these differences and saying, okay, I'm going to feel a little bit weird because I'm going to hear things that I might bristle at and vice versa. But if that conversation keeps going, we might understand, oh, what brought this person to this way of thinking? You know, think of two people staring at a, at a six written on the pavement. One person might say it's a nine. One person might say it's a six. Are, is either person crazy? Well, maybe not necessarily. Maybe seeing how they see the world might, A, humanize the other person but also be say okay maybe there's maybe it's a difference in perspective rather than one of us being you know some sort of evil nightmare person because you know i'm sure people say horrible things about you people say horrible things about me and more often than not those are the people that haven't taken the time to get to know me or to get to know you and how do we foster a world where we can get to know each other again I once gave a speech in front of a, a group of Democrats, uh, shaming them actually for saying in 2016, I think it was like less than 20% of Clinton voters spoke to people outside of their, uh, outside of their voter base. That kind of self-isolation is not helpful and it's not the kind of thing that creates a world worth living in because the more we divide, like I said, the more the folks at the top profit and laugh while we're fighting amongst each other and they're just laughing all the way to the bank. I know a lot of times when you speak on your show, you talk more about principles. You don't really promote candidates that maybe you would support. That's not what you do. Is that what you're going to also be presenting later today? Yeah, I mean, so as as far as candidates go, I mean, you're talking electoral candidates. I mean, my perspectives generally aren't very deeply entrenched within the electoral system. I'm right. a person that, that focuses more on the power of the people themselves to do something that is different or incredible or powerful. I mean, a lot of my appearances on the show have been associated with me doing stuff outside of the officially sanctioned system because I believe that that is where most of our power lies. And, you know, when you have a system that says these are the pre-approved methods that you have to influence change and the system dictates the rules of you pushing change normally speaking that sounds a little bit like damage control to me that sounds a little bit like the system knows that there are limits to these official channels and they want you to go through them because 
less is going to happen. We live in a country that is the result of people going outside of the pre-approved channels to address their grievances, and we shouldn't forget that. So, sure, I might have opinions here or there about an electoral person, but for me, what matters is what we do on the other 364 days. That's where I focus. And I agree with you on that 110%. You know, me and you did a few shows together where we exposed somebody that was doing some pretty abhorrent things to a child. And I think we made a little ripple in the pond that resulted with the channel being taken down. I know there were a lot of other people involved as well. So I I do want to commend you for bridging a gap between two sides that normally don't talk to do something constructed together that we both believed needed to be done. And if we have more of that going on, there's no telling what could come about uh, from discussions from two different sides of the political landscape and sphere completely and being able to come together and being able to defend things like that. You know, you deserve a pat on the back for that as well, Hayward. Well, you know, I I really appreciate you being such an an eager participant in that effort because at the end of the day, Chet, we're humans, right? Like we both have kids that we raise and that we love. Like we do a lot of similar stuff in our day-to-day lives. Oh, yeah. And those are motivated by things that, that we have, like love for our children or hope for a better future or just like the daily grind that we both have to go through to make ends meet. Like we have so much, and everyone listening presumably has so much more in common than we are trained to believe. And that's what I'm fighting against. Okay, Hayward. So tell everybody once again what time you'll be on later today and, you know, the name of the show as well. Yeah, so No Man's Land will be at 5 o'clock to 5.30 on 94.9 News Now. And I'll be rooting for you. I'll be listening. Me and my kids who hate politics will be listening. <laughs> so I'm, I'm rooting for you, buddy, and I can't wait. Thank you so much. All right, God bless. Everybody, that's the one and only Hayward Gatch, one of the finalists for King of the Callers, one of the all-time great guests for Freedom on Deck, Lee LC, and many of the other programs on 94.9. And you're going to want to listen to No Man's Land later today, 5 o'clock, and that's going to be his spot. Don't miss it. Don't miss everybody else. This is a one-of-a-kind thing here on 94.9. News now and stimulating talk, just like Freedom on Deck, which will be coming back after these commercial messages. The voices in my head keep on telling me to pray Cause I'm spinning like a carousel circling the train Hit the bottom of the bottle, I don't want to feel the pain But that is all I got for now, I don't want to talk about The voices in my head keep on begging me to stay If I pull the trigger now Welcome back to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk On the line with us, the one and only Bob Swick I sent you this earlier today And this happened on Tuesday, U.S. District Judge Amit Mehta dismissed three of five civil counts in a lawsuit filed last January based on D.C.'s anti-riot laws. Meta dismissed a wrongful death count on both negligence and allegations. The allegations stemmed from the death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, whom was pepper sprayed by George Tenyos and Julian Cotter, two Capitol protests and or rioters in which Sicknick later suffered a heart attack in the following 24 hours. His death was ruled by the D.C. Medical Examiner's Office as due to natural causes, Bob. This is good news for Donald Trump. Um, Obviously, the family is going to try to continue with charges, whether that goes anywhere or not. We're seeing a trajectory here of desperation and acts of trying to keep Trump off the ballots in certain states. The last time me and you talked was the first state that went with taking Trump, trying to take Trump off the ballot, which was Colorado and a reversal there. And now in Maine, also trying to keep Trump off the ballot. And I'm sure we're going to see more of this, Bob. Um, It seems to me like this is their way of trying to rig the election. Donald Trump is their clear threat to the uh, maybe, I guess, who's going to be the nominee would be Joe Biden. And um, it shows desperation to me, Bob. What do you think about all this? 
Well, it is definitely desperation. And again, with the poor record of the Biden administration, the total meltdown of our our economy, the total meltdown of our border, uh, literally the nightmare people live through day in and day out, they want to change come November. And the most logical change for people is to go back four years ago where we had economic prosperity, we had a closed border, uh, we had a lot of low- to mid-income people making money, uh, doing well for the first time in years, uh, all sorts of economic stimulation taking place in the economy, energy independence. Well, that's all been uh, thrown away since uh, Biden took uh, office. And no matter what the media can do to try to prop Biden up, they realize that he is in no way, shape, or form uh, going to run a good race, number one. And number two, his record stands for itself. It's horrific. So President Trump comes back. He's running. Uh, he's scaring everyone again because I think this time when he gets elected, he's really going to drain the swamp from top to bottom and get our economy, our economy back on track and, more importantly, get our country back on track. And that's essential. So we see Colorado, we see Maine, we're going to see a few more states. I, I wouldn't doubt New York and New Jersey will be uh, be behind uh, uh, the next few states coming up and also Illinois. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's comical to see what voters decide who they want as their president. That is our... Uh, the way our country runs and, and, and it's something that we really value our vote, not this ridiculous nature of, of anything from a, a, uh, an overturning of an election or, and or ranked choice voting, so on and so forth. Everything that avoids one person, one vote on the day of, of the election. And, you know, Bob Swick on the line with us. Bob, they rigged the, well... On our position, and this is an opinion show, I believe that whether or not somebody listening out there who is Republican in their voting and in their thinking, we can at least say that there was an attempt to skew the votes and to direct the election in one way. And most people agree that whether it was decided and Joe Biden got 80 million votes more than any other candidate in any party in the history of the United States of America, now this seems to be another attempt at rigging an election here. Is it all the Democrats do, Bob, is try to rig elections now, whether it's in Connecticut or whether it's statewide in a presidential election? How are they getting away with this stuff? Well, they're they're getting away with it because they have a complacent media who refuses to investigate any of the the problems, the shortfalls, the inequities, so on and so forth. I mean, just look look at the Bridgeport mayoral election this past November and and the nightmare that turned into when you're going to have a re-election on it. And 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 it's it's just comical to watch these things. And again, the media allows it, you know, the few investigative journalists out there are more... uh, people are are more common person type journalists investigating this information and their voices are starting to be heard here and there but to me there's got to be a great outcry by the silent middle class once again to rise up and say hey we've had enough of this garbage we want our votes back and we don't want this man as president anymore meeting joe biden donald trump's numbers are through the roof you don't see any you don't see any of the other candidates stepping up and and really pushing against him, right? Right now, I think Nikki Haley and DeSantis are both battling for 13%. Donald Trump is over 60. You, you don't see any of them coming forward. and, and not, not at all, because, I, again, I think people want the conclusion of a Trump uh, presidency. They feel short. Uh, they were shorted in uh, the last election. Uh, if, if only Trump had won, we would have had a, a great eight years of prosperity. You wouldn't see three wars going on simultaneously right now that uh, the American military can't figure out which way to go in, in any of them. Uh, you wouldn't have uh, runaway inflation. You wouldn't have not had non-energy independence and the outlawing of natural gas and so on and so forth. You would have had normalcy. And I just don't understand how people can say, if they vote for a Democratic candidate, you're getting any type of normalcy whatsoever, most importantly in your personal economies, because you are 
you're feeling the impact of a massive runaway inflation that to me is not going down anytime soon until we get a change in the administration. And I think President Trump can provide that very, very easily because he's the man that takes action and he's a man of his word and he's going to, you know, get on get on to the economy immediately to try to stimulate it in order to for us to get back on track. Independent journalist Bob Swick on the line with us. He does great work. Check out Swick Speak. Bob you know, the other thing that me and you have talked about very recently is our severed relationship with our greatest ally, which is Israel. The Biden administration has a lot to do with that. Do you foresee that affecting the upcoming election and possibly I, helping push Donald I, I Trump back into office? That. I believe people of the Jewish faith who are, are traditionally Democratic voters, if they have a choice between Biden and President Trump, they will vote for President Trump. Uh, I think a lot of, of, of people are very silent on that issue, and they know when the election comes, they're going to say uh, no to, to Biden and his anti-Israeli uh, policies, his anti-freedom policies, so on and so forth. And they want to go back to a strong leader, especially a strong leader militarily in the Middle East, which is so essential for the peace in the Middle East at this time. I agree 110 percent. Donald Trump's got a lot of good going behind him, pushing forward. Do you see him getting back into office? Realistically? Yes, I do. Uh, And, you know, and and I'm going out on a limb saying that, but I think people are fed up. You know, everybody I'm talking to, you know, is saying, what is wrong with this country? And I say, well, it starts with leadership. We don't have any. We have a part time president who basically just listens to whatever people tell him to do, and he apparently does it, and it's been a failure from step go. And I think more people realize today they are not better off than they were in 2020, and you know what? They're going to say, I've had enough. I'm voting Republican. I'm voting for uh, Donald Trump. I'm going to vote for a Republican senator, a Republican representative. I need a change. We need a change in our government. We need to get our country back on track. We are not on track right now. You've been covering politics for... Social nightmare for no reason at all. You've been covering politics before I was on this earth. Um, (laughs) And and that is a compliment, my friend. Is this the worst administration that you've covered? Uh, Yeah, I really thought the Carter years were bad. Uh, to me, the Carter years were uh, almost a, a utopia compared to what we're going through right now. And at least, in my opinion, President Carter did not hate the country as much as Joe Biden and Camille Harris uh, hate our country for whatever reason. And they were not, uh, Carter was not as corrupt as Biden uh, with regards to all his dealings with his son and so on and so forth. Uh, the, the buying of American influence and American policy, it's sickening to me. And I, and I can't wait for some sort of impeachment proceedings to start taking place against this man for everything he has been accused of doing. And he can't clear his name. He is guilty as far as I'm concerned. All right, Bob, listen, tell everybody where to check you out one more time, and we'll get you back on later this month. Com and follow me on Twitter at Sportspeak. 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. All right, after two guests in a row, I got news for you. The segment five coming up next, we've got Mike France coming on, who hasn't been on the show in a while, and we're honored to have him on. We're always honored to have Mike on the program. Great hearing from Bob Swick. He always nails it out of the park every time. This week, he was great. He was on point, man. Bob always gets it right. And our fans, I know our listeners love Bob. And you're going to want to hear from Mike France. We're going to be talking about some pretty deep stuff. It's going to be national. So one of the things we're going to talk about is what I want to talk about right now. 
And it was something that I discussed for a full half hour on our midweek podcast that goes out on freedomondeck.com and throughout all our channels, Rumble, BitChute, even Spotify. Follow us up on Spotify. Follow us on iHeartRadio. All those great, uh, well, I mean, the media groups I'm not a big fan of, but we're allowed to put our show out on their format, so we always appreciate that. Unlike YouTube, Lee needs to get uh, Lee needs to go on Rumble. He needs to go on BitChute. He needs to go on these other sites. Uh, he would. Uh, I mean, I am subscribed to Lee LC on YouTube. I never get alerts for any of his stuff. It's terrible. I never get any alerts. And that's what they do to conservatives on YouTube. And it's it's uh, very disheartening. Anyway, as I was saying, to get back to the subject matter at hand, Donald Trump right now is being conspired against by rhino Republicans and Democrats throughout states that are going to get him off the ballot. It's not going to work, but... What we're going to be talking about with Mike is the fact that this is even being tried. And I I want everybody to understand one thing. Of course, I'm defending Donald Trump, as some people would call me, a Trump loyalist like Chet Martin and C.V. Burton and Brian Bro, which we're not. But, I mean, when you talk about loyalist, the the only man that ever walked the face of the earth that I'm a loyalist to is Jesus Christ. All right. I love my dad. I'm not a loyalist. I love my family. I'm not a loyalist. Uh, That's just uh, that's not how I roll. But now that you're going to find Maine, Colorado, there's going to be some other ones coming around the bend. You got to worry about swing states. We got to worry about states that Trump has a chance in winning that maybe they rigged. In 20, I'm just kidding. Of course, Joe Biden got 80 million votes for all the dimwits out there that actually believe that, that this struggling moron was able to muster up 80 million votes more than Obama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Obama was rigging it for him so he could push through his agenda. Now, <clears throat> how do we combat a group of people that are once again going to try to infiltrate the polls, which we just talked about in segment one, that are with with government workers uh, working at the polls and maybe doing some things that will be uh, swinging the election results over for Joe Biden's side and the Democrats. And then we can worry about whether or not your state is going to try to block Donald Trump from getting on the ballot so that you can vote for the individual that you want. But here's the bigger thing. You know, a lot of people out there don't understand that this is the way you test the waters. This is what these evil, evil people are doing including that scumbag up in Maine, Miss Bellows, who is just uh, one of the bottom feeders. Not even worth talking about her. But Donald Trump is a temporary scapegoat for them. Do you think this will be the last time that they attempt this? Or that they're not eventually going to attempt to do the very same things in Connecticut, they already have their own ways of doing that anyway, just like trying to intimidate somebody like Rocky uh, in his campaign, and which many people supported, and Rocky wasn't allowed to go and talk to his constituents and voice his concerns in the areas where he was running in Norwich, right? We know what they did to Rocky. It wasn't fair. It wasn't right. But that's how they operate. But now it's gotten to the point where they're going to tell you, well, if you support that candidate, because we see it as that candidate did something that uh, he hasn't been charged for any crime. There's been nothing proved. 
hasn't really seen a, a fair shake at a trial yet, but we're going to tell you because what we interpret as him violating the Constitution or as him uh, doing something criminal that is not allowed, well, that means you're not allowed to vote for candidate A because we say so. Now, whether you like Donald Trump or not, I don't really care. I'm glad you're listening to the program, even if you don't, even though I do, even though I want to push him over the finish line because I think he's the only one that's going to beat Joe Biden. Nikki Haley has not a shot in hell. Neither does Ron DeSantis. I know you you left coast conservative neocons think they do. They don't. The rest of the world doesn't think like like southeastern Connecticut. I have news for you. All right. We did have a rigged election, whether you believe it or not. Even you know that if the results didn't really culminate in a Biden win, which I know they did. But let's just say for a second that you don't believe that it was enough. Because I hear people say that all the time. As I said in the beginning of this segment, well, then you know that there were bad things going on. Now, what if here's the question for that. And with them keeping Trump off the ballot, it all coincides with one another. What have we done to prevent this from happening again? Now, there are certain states that have pushed forward with legislation uh, that can try to hamper what they're going to try again. I know that in Arizona, there was some legislation that was pushed through and then taken down. Um, So we'll have to keep up with that and watch. My fear is that we're going to have another election where places are shut down, things are shut down, maybe the country's shut down. Maybe they have government poll workers in there redirecting you to other polling districts where you're not supposed to be voting. Maybe they're going to manipulate your ballots, or maybe they're going to intimidate you. All of these things are possible. Now, this is a huge mess. This is a triple-decker subway sandwich of corrupted politics and intimidation. By one side, the left, the neocons... The rhinos that tell you Donald Trump's the last thing we need. The Republicans need to get away from Donald Trump. Well, they don't speak for the rest of the country. And I got news for all of them. The rest of the country has made it pretty clear that Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. Now, if you can't swallow that pitter pill, I'm sorry. Then you can go vote for Joe Biden or push Joe Biden through again. And don't tell me you're not doing that because you are. You are doing that. I don't need to get lectured from somebody who doesn't have the intent of moving away from this administration. What have we had occur in this country since this administration took office? The withdrawal of Afghanistan, right? Well, uh, Trump said he was going to do that, didn't do that. What did that result in? Well, it was, well, what we saw happen eventually was billions going to Iran, which fell, a lot of that fell into the hands of Hamas, and we saw what happened in Israel. We've got an economy that's floundering. Businesses shutting down. They're going to be bringing the whole COVID thing back into vogue. They already are. There's already commercials all over the place. Well, we got to get ready and get those vaccines again so we can continue battling COVID-19. Meanwhile, uh, young people are dying of coronary heart failure in astronomic numbers, and they can't hide those numbers from you. So we're going to have Mike France coming up next. We're going to talk more about the situation that I spoke about with the Biden administration putting money into the pockets of Hamas. Uh, you're going to want to listen to this. Mike is going to clear the air and tell you exactly how this administration did that. Don't go anywhere. Freedom on deck. After Mike France, we round the show up. 
Welcome back to Freedom on Deck. And I'm talking about the one and only Mike France running for the second congressional district in Connecticut against Joe Courtney. Please mention to our listeners where they go and support your campaign in order to take Joe Courtney down. Hopefully that happens this time around. I know you've been doing big things. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And yeah, the website is votemikefrance.com. You can also find me on Twitter, Mike France for Congress, and, and Facebook as well. Follow me there. Uh, share the content. Uh, certainly directly support uh, volunteers with a button to sign up for volunteering for the campaign or to make a contribution. Every little bit helps uh, to, to be able to carry our message across the district. Awesome. Now, Mike, there's been a lot of talk on conservative media sites, and I've seen this uh, being discor- discussed on boards, and you mentioned it to me as well, so I want to get it right out to there to the listeners. There are some Joe Biden policies that contributed to the Hamas attacks and possibly funding the attacks that uh, took place in Israel. Now, um, give our listeners a little bit of the background and what these policies were and how this could have possibly funded uh, these attacks. Well, there are two major – one is a catalyst to uh, this, and that was the retreat from Afghanistan is where it begins. It reported in the New York Times uh, several months ago that – initial conversations between Hamas and Iran, who funds these uh, non-state actors and terrorist organizations, uh, about this two years ago, immediately following our retreat from Afghanistan. People need to understand that when we did that, that gave an indication to the world and to the people, uh, countries in the Middle East, bad actors like Iran, that we were leaving that area. We were not going to have as much of a presence there. And it opens a door for that conversation. And then the, the major policy that funded this and likely funded most of what we're seeing today uh, over the last couple of years was the change in policy with respect to drilling oil uh, in Iran, which gave them close to $70 billion of additional revenue. And that's on top of the uh, negotiation for the terror, negotiation with Iran for the prisoner swap, which is another $6 billion on top of that. But that those billions of dollars uh, will go. And of course, the other side will say, yeah, but that $6 billion was only supposed to be used for uh, humanitarian things. Yeah. Well, that frees up six billion dollars of other money to use for the for the bad stuff. So, and what it means. So, Hamas is only one of three principal actors right now. Because you also have the Houthis in Yemen, and we're seeing those in attacks to our fleet assets and cargo ships going through the Red Sea off of Yemen and Hezbollah north of the northern border of uh, Israel is also being funded by Iran. So. These are the things that the Biden administration policies have opened the door. So people think back. Four years ago, we had nothing going on in the Middle East that was of significance like this. Even the first almost a year of the Biden administration until you did the retreat from Afghanistan, which Joe Courtney sat silently by and watched 13 of our brave men and women get killed in a flawed retreat. Uh, from that, uh, that those bases and the billions of dollars of weaponry we left behind. That who knows where that went because we lost track of it. Uh, those are things that are Biden administrators that, that Joe Courtney, either sitting silently by or voting and actively supporting, allowed to happen, costing the lives of our men and women, and now setting up a situation where we have unrest in the Middle East, an active war going on between Israel and non-state actors of Hamas and Hezbollah. And Mike, Mike France on the line with us. You know, you know a lot more about this. For me, a average ham and egger who's doing an interview on 94.9 with Mike France, I can say to you that when I hear that Iran is getting billions and billions and the defense of the Democrats as well, it's going to be used for humanitarian aid. First of all, we know that Iran sponsors terrorism throughout the Middle East, and we know that they sponsor Hamas. And first of all, 
Um, humanitarian aid going towards Iran. Well, we know what they're doing with the money. First of all, aside from humanitarian aid, we know that Iran's not worried about infrastructure and building bridges and roads. It's not their M.O. So obviously, when you put a lot of money in their palms, it's going to go towards some very nefarious things. Oh, you're you're exactly right. And that's the average takeaway of why we should be very concerned about the flawed policies, foreign policy of the Biden administration uh, all over, but principally we're seeing an unrest in the Middle East we've not seen in many, many years. And it is directly related to the flawed foreign policy of this administration, supported by Joe Courtney as a member of the House Armed Services Committee. He has a role, has has access to the intel, be aware, and he has said nothing, frankly, on why this happened and his role in allowing the environment to be established for Iran to fund these these non-state actors, these terrorist organizations to create conflict in the Middle East against our number one ally in the Middle East, Israel. Has your campaign or will you be confronting Joe Courtney with this question? Absolutely. Absolutely. He, he needs to defend the, the defenseless position that he's put the, our country in by sitting silently by and creating this problem. Uh, that it is something that is the role of Congress to oversee the administration, to oversee the policies, and not just sit silently by while it drags us into the potential for wars. You, you look at the deployment of our Navy over there to protect uh, and provide support to Israel. You know, we are getting rockets sent to our way through the Houthis in Yemen uh, and other actors in the Middle East that – we unfortunately, as far as our reports, have not been hit with any of that, but it, it has put ourselves in a position of a kinetic war that we were not in three years ago, four years ago, uh, caused by the flawed policies of this administration that were supported by Joe Clinton. On this real quick, because a lot of our listeners really have been talking about that uh, this, it, sorry, this for the past two months. Donald Trump's been taken off the ballot in Maine and in Colorado, it's really gone nowhere. Most people say, well, this is just a situation where if they continue to try to do this, it'll go to the Supreme Court. Now, uh, my argument would be that, you know, this could open Pandora's box for a practice from Democrats to just try to take people off ballots that they don't like. Uh, the idea that saying, well, the 14th Amendment is the reason that this is happening also kind of falls flat. Now, Mike, what is your opinion on this? Um, should people be trying to interfere in local state elections by taking people off ballots? I think the first thing that I would commend your listeners to is to go actually read the 14th Amendment uh, and look at look at what it says. Uh, the major argument that's being made is is that Donald Trump participated in an insurrection. What's ironic in that is he hasn't been charged with that. Uh, the impeachment process that he went through uh, fell flat. Of course, this is a separate process, but he's not even charged with it. And so you are taking action you know, on these courts in Maine and Colorado, as you point out, and there are other states that are in process based on their interpretation of a, of a crime that has not even been charged. And so the, the, what ends up happening if it is allowed to go forward, is you have you're basically disenfranchising voters who want to vote for Donald Trump for president, assuming he is the candidate uh, and he is a candidate in the primary process. But they're basically taking that away from the voters. Uh, I would anticipate, given the mix of decisions across this country on this issue, that the Supreme Court will take it up, and I'm hopeful they will take a literal interpretation of what the 14th Amendment says. And one thing that I would also commend your listeners to is to go look up the statements from Alan Dershowitz. Uh, He's a a brilliant constitutional attorney, uh, Democrat, who has come out very clearly to state that the 14th Amendment does not apply. And he gives the case law and argument for that in a way that you you and I are are, are not uh, 
capable of saying, given his legal expertise. I think that is, if you read the 14th Amendment and go read what Alan Dershowitz has to say on the issue, I think you will be well-educated on what the legal standard is, and I'm hopeful that the Supreme Court will weigh in and follow that, that logical guidance that, uh, that Alan Dershowitz put forward. Mike France on the line. Mike, thank you so much for your time today. I want you to be able to give the site out one last time so people can go donate and get Joe Courtney out of there. No, I appreciate it, Chet. The, the website is votemikefrance.com. You know, make a contribution. If you're willing to donate your time as well to the campaign, you can do that as well. Uh, follow me on Facebook, on Twitter, on X now, uh, and uh, share the content there so it gets the message out broadly everybody knows what's coming we can have better better leadership and better representation for eastern connecticut on 94.9 news now and stimulant talk fox news radio freedom on deck guys rounding out the show today chet martin of freedom on deck flying solo with the uh capadres my two amigos one is out with some serious illness and the other is installing a motor so i'm here to keep the motor running with no ill will for sure See how I all tied that in? It was very interesting, wasn't it? That's why I get paid the big bucks here at 94.9 News Now <laughs> and stimulating talk. You know, I I, uh, I may have mentioned this in passing, but I really did want to mention that I had such a great time the week of Christmas going in and sitting down with Lee Elsie and getting a full hour at the end of his fantastic program and being able to sit there with Colonel Rob Simmons and sit there with Lee Elsie and watch how the sausage is made at the studio and meet some of the folks that work in the bunkers of 94.9. They were all really cool, all really nice. They all knew me, which I was happy to to hear that maybe they knew me from being a caller or, or maybe from the show too. And really being able to express myself freely on that show, which everybody that goes on the Lee Elsie show is allowed to do. And that's why Lee is the best at what he does. And he's somebody I always look to. I can't do a show like Lee. Lee is top notch. That's why he's able to sit through probably some guests that he has even (laughs) some tough times stomaching and not want to kill them. And that's where I fall short. I don't know that I would be able to do that. But... I was very happy to go into the studio and sit with the great Lee Elsie and for him to give me that time. And then he also put me on the national for Wayne Allen route. That was a lot of cool. And that was really cool. And a lot of fun as well. A lot of cool. That's a, that's a new screw up for me doing that a lot lately, but diverting from that, I just want to say that, Um, Going into 2024 now as the first show of the year here on 94.9 for Freedom on Deck with myself behind the microphone, the positives that we have going for us is that we have a clear view of what needs to be done in order to get Donald Trump back in office. It's the only thing that's going to work, uh, in my opinion. Now, in the opinions of others, there are different ideas that I think are greatly misguided and the projection by a lot of people is unfounded. But if that's the attitude of some of the uh, folks out there in the world of politics and even in the world of radio, that is okay. But one thing we need to do is make sure that our voices are heard loud and clear at the polls. Make sure our voices are heard loud and clear towards anybody that is going to try to use intimidation, violence, shenanigans in order to try to flip the election 
on its head and possibly take away our ability to have the candidate that we want or the name that we want on the ballot. That's going to be uh, paramount to my message coming up in 2024. Hopefully, that will result in folks understanding what's around the bend for us. This is an important time for this country. We always say the most important election is the next one. I really believe that. Every election is the most important election for the country because it's the election that's coming up. It's going to move us forward. It's going to continue the policies of this administration if we don't make a change. Like I was alluding to prior to Mike France, what did we have for four years under Joe Biden? Are you good with that? Well, if you're not, well, then you need to get behind the obvious candidate that's going to be the other nominee And then you need to also take yourself and your situation, your family situation, your friend's situation, your community's situation, and go back to 2018, 2019, prior to them shoving the COVID crap down your throats and changing the landscape of the country completely. And ask yourself if you're doing better now as to what you were doing at that time. Not only are you doing better now, but how much better were you doing then if you were doing better then? Most people I've talked to, and I've found this across the landscape of all kinds of fields. Uh, I know people I work to on a daily basis that are in construction, carpenters, HVAC installers, plumbers, electricians, voices on the radio. I could go through the gambit. Of folks out there that work in our communities and throughout the communities and districts that I've been to, that I'm heard in, that have told me they're not doing better, they're doing a lot worse, and it's been a lot harder to come by work and money. Uh, I have really not heard anyone say they're doing better. If they're doing better, it's, uh, God, you show me who that is. It would have to be somebody that's in, you know, involved in things that are beyond the everyday uh, worker, ham and egger, bring your lunchbox to work kind of guys. That's for sure. And even outside of that realm, for you know, I've even spoken to people that work in the medical field that are talking about getting out. I know people in the law enforcement community that have gotten out early retirement without the benefits, forgetting it, because it's just not worth it. That's for other reasons. But the question for the everyday American is, where are you now compared to, let's just say 2018? Where are you now? How are you doing then? How are you doing now? What's better? What's worse? How much worse off are you? It's a concern for sure. I know that I'm not, I'm not doing better than I was doing at the time. I'm comfortable because of, you know, the money that I've been able to acquire, but that's not, that's not uh, the point here. It's not a short uh, little snippet of what we as Americans have gone through since Joe Biden has been put into office. What we're seeing is a slow trajectory of a breakdown of an economy that was, it wasn't perfect. We certainly had issues. Our southern border under Donald Trump wasn't perfect. It was a hell of a lot better than it is now. It was a hell of a lot better than what it was under Barack Hussein Obama, excuse me, I just had a uh, coffee. Gets me a little gassy. But the uh, the situation we find ourselves in on an everyday basis, everyday uh, life 
moment of trying to pay our bills, send our kids to school, let them get an education, finding work, getting paid well enough to keep up with our lifestyles as Americans. We have lifestyles. We like to have food in the refrigerator. We don't want to wait on bread lines. We like to have electricity and internet and things of these uh, things of this nature that we're accustomed to. And some people think that that means that we're spoiled. As Americans, we are spoiled. But do you want to go back to something else? Like the Depression days? That's what we're headed towards. You laugh. It is not far. If you're driving around in the Hamptons and you're driving around in southeastern Connecticut and you're able to laugh at that, that's even more concerning to me. Okay? We are a few short years away from an economic collapse. There has not been any recovery under this administration whatsoever. They can try to lie to you all they want. And you can get people on the airwaves that will try to lie to you about that too. All you have to do is look at your paycheck, your children's situation, your situation, the work coming in, and the money coming in. That's your bottom line as an American citizen. Don't worry about what the uh, pundits are telling you. Worry about your bottom line. We will be back here, same freedom time, same freedom station, 94.9 News Now, and stimulating talk with freedom on deck. God bless America. We've got a whole year for 2024 to get this thing right. Let's not get it wrong.